Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I miss you. I miss you too. Or I should say Avril Marie. That's me oh, saying your name oui, in oui. French. Oh, bonjour, mon ami. Bonjour. Hey, everybody. Thanks for being so patient. Um, we've just had some life events happening and it's okay. And you know, it happens. But luckily, we're all we're all healthy and safe. I oh, think. yeah. Good. I mean, yeah. just busy, busy time in the lives of Avril and Vanya. <laughs> I know. Avrin was, we were actually, she was supposed to be in our country a couple days ago, but got um, derailed. Tell us about what you've been up to, Miss Avrin. Well, <laughs> I just got back. Uh, what is today? Today is Wednesday? Am I? Mm-hmm. No, Thursday? Oh, no, it's Thursday. May it's the 4th be with you. That's when we're oh, recording. May the 4th. Hey, and tomorrow is Cinco de Mayo. Look at all these fun days. And I learned while I was um, in Paris, and this is just going to be like my advice to anyone planning a trip to Paris anytime in the future, just don't go uh, when you'll be there on May 1st because that is uh, France's Labor Day. And traditionally, that's when everyone goes on strike. Oh, really? So it was just for one day, but the airline that we were to fly home on was like, sorry, we're on strike. You have to go back the following that's day. Crazy. or cut Or cut your trip short. And so we panicked for a second, and then we we're like, wait, are we really mad about an extra day in Paris? Right. <laughs> we're not. We're delighted. So we figured it out. Luckily, my husband works for a company that owns a bunch of hotels across the world, and they really helped us out. Luckily. A, with a little- That in is a little, good luck. Yeah. Oh, it's true. <laughs> and also, I realized my sister does as well, so we would have been fine regardless. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, so his company put us up in a, a cute little room for our, our last night. But yeah, I just spent the last- I was there for eight days, I think. That's incredible. Not and why long did you enough. go? I mean, I know, but just I mean, for our listeners. Of course. So it was a gift from my husband. It was uh, for my 40th birthday. But my so birthday is in August. So don't no one needs to wish me happy birthday, even though several people <laughs> did on this trip because he kept telling everyone it was for my 40th birthday. Uh, but we wanted to go, you know, spring in Paris is a thing. Yeah. Summer is apparently very touristy. Although, I mean, this it was still touristy when we were there. It was crazy. Vanya, mm. you've been to Paris, right? I've never been. You haven't? No, no, I've never been. And ne- neither has my husband. That would be, we should go. I mean, I'd love to go. But oh my the problem gosh, is, is I... any time is good for us is like in the heat of winter when it's hot as balls. Very hot balls. Gets hot Oh my there. gosh. Well, you should definitely, you know, at some time, just don't go over May 1st. You definitely should go. I thought for some reason for sure <laughs> that you know. guys, I thought for sure you guys had been there. And I think that's maybe because you have friends that live there or something mm-hmm. we do but yes no I've never been my parents have been and it's funny because my parents are uh they were they were traveling to Armenia like a couple like 10 years ago or something like that and they spent a couple days in France and Paris and my dad was like do not tip anyone because he you know he, my dad has been in the states for like 
longer i'm for many many years let's just say and he was he's used to tipping and so he was like tipping everybody because his both of his kids have all worked we've all all of his kids at some point have worked in the service industry so we've like grilled my dad about like don't be a jerk you got a tip you got to tip at least 20 percent. but like they live in a smaller town so 20 percent is good um you know what i mean like so we're at we've been crazy at adam and he goes to uh france and they just like honestly they almost treated him more like like more shit because he was like, oh, you stupid American. Whatever. Yeah, I actually, that's something I read. The uh, When you, oh man, can you see me, Vaughn? I feel like the bo- the top of my head is chopped off. Whatever, it's, it's okay. Fine. I can see you. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, I read a bunch of like, you know, travel blogs just trying to figure out because, you know, when you go to yeah. like a big city in a foreign country where you know you don't, like I can read French pretty well and I can say, Parlez-vous anglais? <laughs> when I, you know, I'm not understanding what they're saying to me. Uh, but I definitely had to do a lot of research because I didn't know what area to stay in. But one of the things I remember reading was it is okay to tip a couple dollars, but yeah. it's actually like for some reason it's considered insulting to like tip them like the way Americans do. Yeah. So that might be why they treated your dad like crap. They're like, you don't need to insult me with your tips. And I was <laughs> you know? like, oh my God, I felt so bad for him because we'd been, we'd been like grilling him right for like you you guys years. Had, you had ingrained in him the importance of tipping yeah. but i will say it's also a really different kind of service there like you can tell Amer- americans are working for tips mm-hmm. so they want to check make sure everything's good french they only come over if you wave at them like hey i need something you know because they yeah they take everyone takes their time um and it's just a different it's a different style of service and it works out as long as you know that and you're not like why will no one help us you know but, i know right 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 but yeah it we had like, no, yeah when we yeah. went to italy kind of yeah. we were like hello like we like to leave now <laughs> european thing for sure because they don't do no one does tipped service i think except for the states right does canada they do tip, yeah. Okay. Tip service, so yeah. maybe it's like just a North America thing. I mean, at least at least on the West Coast of Canada, you do. Okay. You still want to tip your servers. Yeah. Don't I mean, forget, still tip, tip just still tip your servers and bartenders and hairstylists, you know, if you live in America. Please still do yeah. that. <laughs> you know, I uh, lately I have been having such a bad ring. I, I don't want to change the subject because I have more questions about Paris, but I have had a bad uh, I, I feel like I need to sage myself because mm-hmm. the last three or four places I've gone to have like a meal has been bunk, debu- like just bogus. I don't know oh, what really it's like. Yeah, it's and honestly, I was talking to Adam about it. It's not the service. It, I mean, it is ultimately, but it's I can it feels like to me the restaurants I've gone to and granted it's been in our suburb area. Sure, sure. Not not in L.A. proper. So like uh, that's one one thing factor maybe but like it's as if the managers aren't there's they have no managers i don't know like everything is just either all food is out there's like i don't even know how to explain oh it, i can tell you the joke bad. we say at my job oh we're so sorry it's a supply chain issue because i yeah. can tell you on the other side like working in the industry it yeah. is a constant struggle to like keep things stocked yeah and that could be too yeah i just i also but they should not like- be out of everything yeah, no, I agree. I also feel like they, I don't know. I feel like maybe they're not getting the greatest servers up because just communication, like be like, hey, how's it going? Um, And then we'll be like, can we sit outside? And, and they'll be like, uh, okay. And then it's just a shit show outside because there's all kinds of things going to help. If I was a server, I'd be like, 
You totally can, but just so you know, this isn't this. If you want to have a little bit more comfortable, the sun, like the sun is like, you know, maybe you probably, you might be more comfortable inside. Like give information, like nobody's, and also the other thing about like, I, not to toot my own little horn there, but I always had that biggest sales because I was, I want these people to have a good time. If people want to eat well, I'm going to help you eat well, you Mm -hmm. know? And like if something's out of the kitchen, I'll be like, listen, it's out. But here's a here's another suggestion. I just feel like maybe it is the service too. I don't know. I feel bad. I need to like wash myself in. I need to get baptized by some really good meals or something. Yeah. Well, you need to just come um, down to proper L.A. with me and we'll find a place that love that that like their only thing people rave about is the service (laughs) and i don't have to get my ass kicked i kicked i just has i don't want it kissed i mean sometimes i do but not right now i don't want my ass kissed but i want i just want to have like a time a nice time without feeling stressed for everybody in the in the restaurant sure (laughs) i mean that's horrible to like walk up and be like hey can we grab this table and have them be like <laughs> I guess so. And you're like, oh my god, I'm, I god. I, I'm not holding the place up, but just want to sit outside. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. And I get here's that. the thing, Adam. My husband said, if people are down to like, even if people are like offering us stuff, we will spend money. You know, we like sure. to eat. So I don't know. Anywho, but let's go back to Paris. What is your favorite? What was your favorite? What was your rom of the event of the trip? Okay. Like, oh, it's so it's too hard. I'm not gonna lie, it's too hard to pick one. Uh, okay, good. I, that's great. Because, I love that. Yeah, James really like knocked it out of the park. It started with him secretly surprising me on the flight out there and he'd upgraded us to, they don't have like first class on this flight. It's a, a new airline. It's called French B. It oh. only does, it only flies to Paris from cool. like ma- like major international airports. But they do have obviously like the best section in the front where it's like slightly larger seats and like unlimited everything. And they give you your food mm. on real plates and your drinks in real glasses. That's nice. So it started off, great but then also it's still a small plane so even though it was a a nice upgrade the seats were small and so by the time we landed both james and i were like cricked big time we're both like oh everything hurts how long is the flight so it's about a it's like going there i think was 10 hours and 20 minutes and then coming back was 11 hours so it's a long time i was very proud of my man's he does not love to fly and he was great on both legs I, i was very very pleased um, okay, my very favorite thing that happened. So when we were on the plane headed there, James said to me, he's like, I know it still has to exist. Like somewhere in Paris, Avron, there is a dirty dive bar. Like that's like probably in a basement and they still smoke inside and there's live music. <gasps> and I was like, well, babe, I don't know exactly for sure that that exists. But you know what? I bet if it does, we'll find it. And guess what? <laughs> we found it. Yay! We literally had gone out to dinner. We'd had a nice dinner. And then we had seen like two different bar club type things we kind of wanted to go dancing yeah. and both places when we walked in were like we're closed and it's saturday night at 11 p.m and we're like what and i didn't realize a lot of these places in paris i guess like they'll after dinner they'll kind of close until like late night and then they'll reopen up until you know like midnight or one so we're feeling like kind of rejected by these <laughs> like two back and two back in a row they're like no thanks so we're like, let's just buy a bottle of wine and go back to the Airbnb. It's fine. We've been staying up late every night. Maybe tomorrow we'll actually get up early enough for breakfast, you know? Um, <laughs> and so as we're walking, there had been this one place right on the corner, just like a block away from where we were staying, that looked kind of cool inside, but it almost looked like it was someone's house, you know? Like, oh. So we walk in. It's incredibly well lit, but it's it's full of people. Upstairs is like where you eat. Downstairs, it's just a bar 
with like a bunch of really nice plush chairs. Somehow while James ran to the bathroom, I managed to snag two chairs and ordered a glass of wine. We started up a conversation with this group of like Parisian, you know, friends that were all out. And they're like, have you been downstairs yet? And we're like, no, what's downstairs? And they're like, oh, come with us. You can smoke down there. And there's a piano. And so the next thing we know, oh we're at this God. bar until 4.30 in the morning listening to like the same people that were just talking and drinking with us upstairs were like unbelievable musicians. Like the the song, it was like Chopin mixed with like weirdly Disney music, which of course I kind of loved. Um, <laughs> oh, and everybody amazing. is everybody is dancing, everyone's smoking cigarettes. Not me, but like, you know, everyone is smoking cigarettes inside and it's very like, we found it. I didn't, oh my God. I didn't know if we would find it, but we found the dirty the dirty dive and, oh. it, and apparently this basement where it was it has been there for 700 years what? and that is the be- most beautiful thing about paris is everywhere you go no matter what it is it could be an apple store or a bar basement that's uh, everything is steeped in history yeah. and it just like adds i don't know just some kind of like it makes everything so beautiful yeah and it's the best city to get lost in what we did every day is we had one to two like sightseeing things I wanted to see. Like I didn't want to yeah. go to Paris and not see Notre Dame. I didn't want to go and not see the Louvre. I didn't want to go and not see Sacre Coeur, you know, yeah. but yeah. but we would just pick like one a day and then we would walk. We ne- we only took a cab to and from the airport. We never got on the metro. We walked 7 hours a day every day. Oh, fine. We picked one spot and then allowed ourselves to get lost for the rest of the day. Um it was amazing. We went to like, they have these great, beautiful parks. Of course, you guys know me. I'm Avern. I'm not usually so rami. I'm very crimey. Well, my husband took me to the catacombs, which oh. is the underground um, bone cemetery in Paris with like it's bones of like over 6 million Parisians. And most of it is not open to the public, but they turned part of it into a museum. Maybe I'll post that on Instagram. Ooh, yes, Because it is, it is so, I mean, it's just... It's overwhelming because you're underground and you're surrounded by like the bones of all of these people. And they, but you know you also have like your little audio guide, like explaining <laughs> the idea behind it and like how it was created. And I don't, I could go, I don't, I didn't have a bad moment. Everything oh, was so great. great. Yeah, I could just gush for like two hours about. I could walk you through everything we did, but I think that would go on too. I long. mean, um, we can do that later. I really yeah. want to hear. I want to go through everything. Oh, yeah. how wonderful! I had the best time. And the food, you guys—they aren't lying. And the wine, really? Vaughn, you know I'm a wino. Yeah, I'm like a wine lady, and I usually love my bubbles, which I did, and I imbibed in many bubbles in Paris. But one of my favorite wines is Sancerre, which is a, yes. um, I didn't realize there's also a red Sancerre. I didn't what? know that till, yeah, right? But every time, if you can find it on a menu when you go out, it's always like one of the most expensive glasses of wine, if they'll even sell you a glass of it. Every place in Paris sells a glass of Sancerre for seven euros. Oh my God. So I actually drank Sancerre the whole time. I drank my weight in wine <laughs> while I was there. <laughs> and I ate so much meal? cheese. I'm sorry, I can't stop. No, I want to know. Okay. Oh, I'm up. Oh, or man. top, you know, your, one of your tops. Okay, so one of my top meals was actually our last night. And we went to this place. So this was our extra day, right? So we were staying oh, yeah. in a completely different area. The bonus we had day. Been, <laughs> yeah, we had been staying in Le Marais, which is, I believe, the third um, arrondissement, which is, uh, I don't know, it's a really cool. It was very hip. Lots of art galleries and like vintage clothing stores and oh, young cool. people and, and tons of like LGBTQ. Love like, it. 
places and all. It was great. But the place we ended up for our final night was in the Pijal district, which is formerly the red light district, which is where like the Moulin Rouge is. And um, also very close to where the Basilica de Sacre Coeur, the big famous church is. And uh, James realized we'd had everything on our list of things like we have to try this and we have to try this. Like we have to have this. We have to have so much cheese, you know, (laughs) Um, but we he was like, there's a chicken dish. Right. And I was like, oh, Coco Van, we should definitely have some Coco Van. So I just looked up like Coco Van near me. Mind you guys, this is strike day. So most things were closed this day. But there was a restaurant. It's called Ambuvette. And I there's actually one in New York City. There's one in Tokyo. There's one in London. My brother had actually been to the one in New York City when I was like texting my family. I'm like, have you guys been to the one in New York? Because it's good and you should go. I don't think there's one in L.A. But I will look because we should go. Okay. Um, so that that meal ended up being like one of the best things ever. So the Coco Van was amazing. And then I randomly was just like, and I'll take this tagine. Let's have a tagine. It doesn't, I can't, doesn't really tell you anything about it. It was just this amazing vegetable dish that was so, Ooh. like, so delicious. I had like cauliflower au gratin. We shared a bottle of Sancerre. Oh <laughs> I don't know. Every God. meal was so good. We also were trying to be kind of like smart because it is expensive although i think la is more expensive really and it my is experience expensive. yeah i mean it's expensive it's an expensive city but like we were never shocked by a price which tells you that at the very least it's comparable that's good that's um, so good but we also would just buy like we bought uh, we would go to the fromagerie and like the bakery and the butchery and we would buy stuff and we would like make are like little lunchy things to go sit in one of these beautiful squares. We did that like I think three or four days just to try to cut down on spending yeah, on sure. food. And I did try the bread, which I think I mentioned because I uh-huh. had read many articles that like the way they grow their wheat in Europe is different. And so people with gluten intolerance, not celiacs, like if you're celiacs, don't go to Paris and eat bread. But I was, I was, you know, I tried to be kind of like light with it. And I, so I'd have like a little bit of baguette with a F. Fuck ton of cheese. <laughs> fuck ton of cheese. And I did not have any issues, which was great. Oh my God. So I oh, think, what a I mean, blessing, girl. I think That's if I had so gone cool. like nuts, it, just like if you go nuts with any food, I probably yeah. would have been like, what the fuck is happening to my body? I was yeah. expecting like my Meg Ryan and French kiss moment when she eats too much cheese and then she's. <laughs> she's like dying on a train or something i don't know that's right <laughs> I just, that's it was so right. fun guys sorry this is uh an episode that's just to catch up <laughs> i love it no trip. that's great oh my god i love and it so while much. i was away what have you been up to i miss you so much i miss you too i know we've been just busy this is like the last month of school and it is so busy and i accidentally over scheduled us in, mm. in a lot of things. So it wasn't my fault, but like something we weren't, we didn't think we were going to be able to do that later on. They're like, you can. And I'm also coaching. <laughs> it's oh, fine. That's Everything's right. fine. You have it's so great. much to catch up on. Too much going on. So, but yes. And otherwise it's really good. You know, besides the, my experiences with the bad service, um, my yeah, rom, I'm, is, I'm trying to figure out what to do with my 20 year uh, wedding anniversary, which is this August. I'm trying to figure it out. And I think we're going to try and go to the French laundry if we can get, um reservations and Ooh, i know tell me, i don't even know what that is what's the french laundry you don't know what that is no oh it's um thomas keller it's a it's a restaurant it's a michelin star i think it has like three maybe two or nice. three michelin stars and you get to eat like kind, kind of in the kitchen it's like an open thing but oh, it's, it cool. is probably it, it'll probably be a week's pay um so well, i have to then you know really, it's like, gonna save be good up for it. 
Yeah, and it'll be good service if you're paying that much for it. It's I a know. guaranteed way to get good service. And it's just, I didn't realize this, but Napa is just above San Francisco. For some reason, I thought it was like higher in the the California, but it's not. Yeah, so we'll I always see if think, we can do that. Yeah, I think you should, one. And I love that I, in my brain, like San Francisco is at the tippity top of California. Yeah. And it's it's <laughs> yeah. nowhere near the tippity top of California. <laughs> it's like five hours away. Um, yeah, that's basically it. Um, I will say I've been watching a lot of TV, which is probably... Oh, <laughs> anything uh, good? Actually, I started... Well, I didn't watch any TV except for like sometimes late at night before falling asleep. We'd turn it on. But I started... You- one show on Amazon, now I can't think of the name of it, but it has Christoph Waltz in it. Um, the guy from Inglorious Bastards. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. I can't think of what it's called, but man, I've watched. They're short. They're half hour, but it's like oh, intense good. and it's been very good so far. <laughs> um, if you have not yet seen, and if you, if anyone out there, but I know Avin, you are, and is a lover of musical theater. If, if you've not watched this season of Schmigadoon, it's Schmicago. Oh, from, it's on out. Apple Plus. It is. You will be so delighted. Okay. In every episode, it there's like nods to every. Oh my god, Avrin, I I like. It's like I want to sit there and watch you watch it because it's. Oh my god. I'm, okay. That's I'm how totally... much I am been enjoying it. But a lot okay. of things. I'm back on Ted Lasso. They actually. I'm bring back up on Paris. it too. Yeah, um, that was the last episode, right? Yeah, I just watched the rest. I have a. This is this will be my crime, and then I'll let you go into crimes, but. I have a, okay, so I have a little problem with the Keeley storyline. Like, I, not that she is was dating a girl. Like, I love that. You know, lo- find your whatever you want. You know, I love that. I, I can relate. It's good. I love women. I love men. Let's do this. But I think it, okay, so here's my problem with it. Mm-hmm. If anybody's watching, and I'm so sorry to like date, but like, I want, like, she's working at a company that she, she's like supposedly like the savant in, whatever she does right and PR she's PR. Well, it's her company they don't let her be good at it she it bothers me I, I I don't mind that she's a frilly like some of her outfits are fucking crazy man I, and I love so to wear crazy. crazy shit but I'm like yeah. what the fuck did they put her in this costume is done so I'm fine like with her creative outlooks and whatever like whatever but be slightly show me that you're good at your job you see she seems like a weak mouse in the corner right, which and doesn't I hate that. feel doesn't feel like at all how she was presented as a character in the first two seasons but i do think it's interesting that she's coming across that way when they're clearly putting her in a situation where she is in a, a, a relationship with somebody who's bad who's gonna be bad for her yeah like well, i mean love bombing and like that's true trying to like change who she is like aren't you embarrassed that you sent a sex tape to your boyfriend like yeah. no why should i be embarrassed uh, so I think it's very clear. I kept going back and forth and I would look at James and I'd be like, she's bad, right? Like we're supposed to not ro- yeah. root for this girl. Like, uh, but yeah, I kind of wish she was a better actor too. The one that plays the the girlfriend. Oh, or the, the love interest. Yeah. I think she looked amazing. And I think some of the things she did, like, I think she was cast for a reason, but if just a few more layers, that's me. I'm sorry. I'm totally being a super fair. cunt no, here, but, okay. I, but I, I also, I love women yeah. and I want them to succeed and I want to, I want aspirational a little bit, but obviously I'm not writing this show. And I know that probably we're going to have a turnaround here and yeah. Keely's going to be strong. Keely's going to basically be like, I'm going to kick this, you know, toxic lady to the curb. And then I don't know, but if I, I can't, like if she goes back to Jamie and not Roy, is. it will kill me. It will kill me because I don't I know why. I think she is too, because basically Jamie is still in love with her and, ba- and told her that. 
spoiler alerts, everyone. Sorry, I guess I should have said that. Oh yeah, first. spoiler. We'll we'll just put it, guys. Whatever, catch up. We'll just um, mention it. Listen, in the show if you're notes. watching Ted Lasso, you've already watched it by now. I hope. Uh, but yeah, I'm like, it's fine. And again, you writers do you. Also, anything with Hannah Waddingham, any scene with Kelly and scene her, are is the I best love scene. It. Yeah, that's She's, what shows. You can tell like, they're good friends. Yeah, and that's how you want to watch women being portrayed. Is like, thank you. Who truly support each other, who truly love each other, who like truly crack each other up. I love their their scenes together. Me too. Me too. And I'm very curious about um, what is her character's name? Boss, the boss lady. Yeah. What's is what is her character's name? Oh my god, I know, right? Uh, okay, well you guys know what we're talking about. The lady who owns the soccer team. I'm very curious to see where her storyline's headed between like the I psychic. Know. Finding out she couldn't have a baby. I was like, all, I was very confused. I'm like, did I miss something? Like, what exactly did the psychic tell her? But then I, I watched it and I'm like, no, I didn't miss anything. I'm just not sure exactly where we're headed here. But I loved it. And I loved the Sam dad. Rebecca. Rebecca, duh. I loved when she met Sam's dad in the last episode. I've laughed so I hard. Agree. I agree. I was, you know what? I love that like anti-toxic masculinity situation between the dad and the son. Like he's like, he's basically to Rebecca. He's like, oh, I know all about you, you know? And I'm like, look at so yeah, You broke up with my son, you mean lady, who's also the boss. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was great. And her like awkwardness in that moment was one of the funnier things I had ever seen. Yeah. Where she just like smiling in this way that you're like, ooh, stop doing that face. <laughs> yeah, it, I enjoyed it. She's only 48 years old, just so you know. I don't know. And she's I'm just saying. She is just stunning. And like, also, she's a really great singer, which yep. they haven't let her do enough of. After the first time I, I, they did it, I was like, they better bring that back. That's a gift. She should be on Broadway, man. So that's my crime, even though I do like it and I'm still watching it. But I, that's that's my thing. I'm like, Key, who's writing? Who's writing Keely's parts? Let's figure right, it out. You're like, for make me. Keely, make Vanya happy. Make Keely strong again. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Hashtag make Keely strong again. Yeah. <laughs> well, for the um, for the you know the crime section of this episode from me, I just wanted to continue a little bit with the updates yeah. of like some of the current things going on. So let's start with Alex Murdaugh. Because I promised that I would always come back to this. So I know we told you that the body of um, Stephen Smith, was they're, they're trying to get that body exhumed. It's been reclassified as a homicide. Well, it just came out this week that Alex Murdaugh, like officially to law enforcement or prosecutors or whatever, admitted that he completely fabricated the story about his housekeeper, Gloria. And I can't remember her last name, but um, about her falling down the stairs due to like tripping over the dogs. Right. He said, and he said that he made that story up in order to collect the insurance money that he stole from her children. So because he said she wasn't working at the time, so she was just at the home, she wasn't working, and she tripped over their dogs. He, he like knew the kinds of situations where they'd give you like the most payout, and he admitted Jesus. that he lied about it. Um, her uh, case has also been reopened, and I believe they are they either have or are going to exhume her body even though they don't know that they'll be able to find out anything too specific because she you know she died from injuries from a fall how that fall came to happen is going to be harder to determine Um, but at least we now know she definitely did not trip over any dogs Um, and I didn't know Alex said that I thought that Paul had said that I don't know yeah now now I'm like I gotta go back and watch that documentary again (laughs) But it'll just be, I don't know, I will promise to keep coming back to those things. And it's been interesting. Yeah. I've been reading a lot about how his brother, Randy, has like completely pulled away 
from the whole family. Really? And uh, he, he's not 100% positive that his brother, you know, actually himself shot and killed his wife and son. But he's like, he's he's a liar and he's capable of things I never would have thought possible. But he's like the only one that's kind of broken away from the rest of the family and been like, it's definitely possible that he did it. So um, mm-hmm. it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens with all of this. Um, I mean, obviously, the dynasty of the Murdaws is is done is done. So, but yeah, just interesting stuff there. And then, of course, the ongoing Lori Vallow trial, which just yes. gets more not just bizarre and crazy. Like, and I mean, like, I don't like to use the word crazy, but I don't want to. It's she's she cray (laughs) i'm just gonna say it but it's also just the details have become so much you know it was already so heartbreaking we all knew that those kids were not going to be found alive when she wouldn't you know like produce them to police and then she was arrested and then they obviously found them but as the trial's been going on we've learned a lot more so we know now the cause of death for jj the yeah the seven-year-old boy was asphyxiation and he also had date rape drugs in his system. So they, they drugged and, and asphyxiated a seven-year-old. And another key thing that just came up in the trial, so they had a forensic pathologist um, testify. And both, I think it was a fingerprint and DNA on the duct tape that had that they bound him with. Um, they found um, Alex Cox, her brother's DNA. Right. So now it's like proven that he he absolutely helped carry this out, but they also found Lori Vallow's DNA on the duct tape, meaning she was directly involved with it as well. There's been some like weird dramatic moments with the defense. Like there was one witness who was a former friend of hers who they were doing like cast out sessions. That's where they cast the darkness out of you. So I guess this friend had been deemed dark. So already you're just like, I don't know if I want to be friends with you anymore. If you think I might be a zombie. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but she was going on and on about how like Lori Vallow threatened to chop her up and dispose of her body. And she knew she knew what kind of bleach to use and like all these details of how to do it. And then the defense got really dramatic and like fully were like, you're you're um, what I almost said plagiarizing. That's not the word. That's when you copy someone's writing. You're um, when you lie on the stand. Oh, what is the word? For um, that? Let's look it up. Lying on the stand. <laughs> it's not plagiarizing is no, perjury. It's perjuring yourself. There you go. I always get there eventually. You Sometimes it's like two days later and I'm just like, perjury. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like they fully, they were like, you're, you're perjuring yourself on the stand right now and denying all this stuff. And it's just been more of the Wait, same. Wait, who, who was saying that? So to her who? lawyers, Lori Vallow's lawyers, basically after this woman testified that Lori had threatened her had threatened her life and that's what made her like cut off friendship completely and like no longer and this was in 2019 that this incident allegedly happened and then the the defense just stood up and were like you're lying and it was this very it was just kind of weird and and dramatic and over the top another interesting thing that i guess has been if this hasn't really come into the trial but just in reading about everything going on um i think charles daybell is like charles no charles fallow and what the, is the name? Chad Daybell? Chad. Sorry. Yeah. For Lori. Um, but uh, he's like definitely been distancing himself and it doesn't seem like the two of them are going to be helping each other out in any way in this situation, Uh-oh. which I think makes makes sense at this point. Like 
she doesn't have the fear of death, the death penalty, but he does. So it will behoove him in his trial to make it really look like this was all Lori's idea. <laughs> and it wasn't. It was both of them. They cray. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I should stop using that term. Um, but. They just, they just have the most insane, like the most unbelievable beliefs. Like Lori believed, she believes that she's a goddess warrior, like, or she said to multiple people, they played, they did have um, one day of trial. They didn't know if it was going to happen or not, but they played. So remember how she met him like at a conference and then right. she was completely besotted with him and he was besotted with her obviously too. And then he was a, he's an author, but he also had a podcast and he had her on a bunch of times. They let um, the prosecution actually play portions of Chad and Lori's podcast. What? Just so you could hear like the sh- the batshit banana stuff they talked oh about. Oh uh, They'll let anybody do a podcast these they days. They sure huh. will. Waka it's waka. In, it's true. <laughs> waka, waka, waka. But, um, but I'm going to keep coming <laughs> back to this because as I mentioned in the more like in-depth of week one, I feel like a lot of stuff is just being reiterated. They're bringing in a lot of witnesses to corroborate the couple's beliefs. Like that there's this, you know, so many people heard them talking about these things and this would be the motive for why they got rid of the kids along with the fact that a very clear second motive is coming, which is money. So they, uh. they wanted the life insurance for uh, Charles Vallow, but he had changed the beneficiary and she didn't know that until after her brother killed him. That's right. And then they were still collecting the social security for the children and I don't know exactly how that works because I don't have kids. I know that JJ was adopted and maybe there are like programs where like you get, gov- but they were getting something like 1800 a month for JJ or for Tylee and 1900 a month for JJ. And they continued oh, wow. to collect that until they like they were arrested and police like or until huh. police um, declared them officially missing, which is pretty much right when they arrested her because she didn't turn, she didn't produce the children to the authorities. Um, also, the sisters, um, the sister of Tammy Daybell, so Chad's wife, who they are also now accused of killing because, you know, before it was suspicious that she had died yeah. and then they got married two weeks later. But we learned um, in the trial that she actually died from being strangled. She was asphyxiated as well. Uh, and Chad apparently in several emails because uh, Tammy's sister was like, what the fuck is going on? Like he had her buried. He had her buried in a different city from where they lived. He did it really quickly. So like many family members couldn't even go because it happened so fast. And then he was married. Shady. And then he was married. And when she was asking him questions about who is this woman you married? Does she have children? He's like, no, there's no kids. They also found um, an email from Chad Daybell to a property owner in Hawaii asking if the person who owned this condo or whatever would be interested in renting to a couple that had no kids, no pets. And so like she was saying that she, she knew her kids with it and they were fine, but they were actively telling other people that they didn't have any children. Um, So they're definitely both getting found guilty. Obviously it just will be interesting to see, you know how it works with like the types. Cause she's charged with first degree murder. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if, um, I mean, they'll, obviously it is it's very premeditated and all and all the cover up like after the fact and, all, and it's like you know just different it'll be interesting with sentencing because chad daybill they still the death penalty for him is still on the table but it's no longer on the table for Lori. um so i'm sure mm-hmm. she's gonna get life in prison plus like 700 years that's what i would give her yeah yeah so those are the most like recent updates that i found as i mentioned it's gonna be 10 weeks so we're in only i think week five right now 
Wow. So yeah. there are, I, well, she's still, there's still like her whole, so the prosecution is who's, they're presenting their case right now and then it'll be her turn. And I guarantee you there'll be some very, you know, probably in like interesting stuff that comes up there. I, I don't know if they're going to lean into an insanity thing or if they're going to fully deny that she was involved in this. I mean, if I were her counsel, I would lean into the insanity because yeah. it's all, because she is definitely crazy i mean they but literally she's also had to, an evil bad person yeah so. she's she's um she needs like psychological help for sure but she's not like she's not not culpable because of her crazy beliefs. exactly like, there's a difference yeah. between like you know being somebody who definitely i mean they postponed her trial twice because she was found incompetent to stand trial like so she is un she is mentally unfit you know unless she's medicated so I, mm. I don't feel like she pled not guilty by reason of insanity because it would say that. She just pled not guilty. So I'm just curious as to how it works if you don't say that as the reason you're pleading not guilty. Can you use that as your defense? I don't actually know. That's a know, great question. But I think I, I guess we'll find out. What about, um, do you know anything about this Trump, the rape, the rape case with Trump? You know, I only, I read something about how Trump wasn't going to call any witnesses like his defense wasn't going to bring anyone in to like i guess be a care i don't even no i don't i've been avoiding all things i was just yeah i know because it's such a bummer but it's just another thing that was in the news um yeah what's going on with it he's the worst i don't know there is they're almost over i feel like i feel bad for her you know it's a i'm looking at a headline in the times and it says in rape trial deposition trump says vulgar tape simply reflects truth the, so he didn't disavow what ac- that Access Hollywood one. Remember where? Oh it's yeah, like you the just grab, grab him by and, the pussy one. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, they rested their case on Thursday. Oh wait, it says so today. Who is the, they rested their case Thursday? So oh, so is this is a grand jury, you, or is this like an actual trial? Okay, so this was from this is from today. Um, it's updated a couple hours an hour ago, years after a video recording, and this is from. Um, the times years after a video recording captured donald j trump bragging about grabbing women by their genitals he said in a disposition uh for a a trial accusing him of rape that he was merely stating a historical truth yeah the access hollywood tape made public in 2016 and replayed for manhattan jury on thursday at first looked as though it might derail his presidential campaign it did not remember? remember i remember uh yeah it did not, and it later became a symbol of his invulnerability to scandal, which flew the bar for centuries. Which I really uh, hope um, that invulnerability is about to come crashing to the ground because I there really are so many, so. so many ongoing criminal cases against him. Like, please don't let him get away with any of it, really. But he can't get away with all of it because then it does prove I, that some people in this country are above the law. I don't know why people um I also kind of want to read because it was available on Libby on audio but I kind of want to listen to um, Mike Pence's book because he talks about that day of the January 6th trial or whatever anyway oh, well if you do it on Libby that's fine as long as you don't pay for it I was like oh, if I you would pay yeah. to support well, Mike Pence's book I'll be like no it doesn't matter what he said about that day also just speaking of Mike Pence I have a new favorite Instagram account it's oh my God, called the um republicans and it's all of like the worst republicans like ted cruz mcconnell uh lindsey graham all like done in full rupaul like drag race 
<laughs> and the Mike Pence one is the best thing I've ever seen. Because oh you just know that he, oh. if he knew it existed, I hope he does know it exists, it would, he would die. It is oh so gosh. good. I will also share that in our Instagram post oh. for this episode. By the way, speaking of I've been watching a lot of TV, there is a series that is so goddamn funny. I, it's, and it's got some cringy moments, but it's on Amazon. I think you can get it on Amazon Prime. It's called Jury Duty. Oh, I haven't and, heard of it. Oh, my God, Avrin. Is it's it so real? Funny. Like so reality? Or is it, it, it basically is all these, every single person's an actor except for one guy. Just trust me. It's short. They're all like 25, 30 minute Done. episodes. Jury duty on I Amazon pee. Prime. I pee. I pee. And I'm like, I honestly, because we, Adam loves to binge and I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's leave it for tomorrow because like, I don't want to get through them too quickly or get caught up too quickly. Oh, so that's when that's, you know a show is good when you're like, no, I want to like stretch this out as long as possible yeah it's so motherfucking funny also the there's a girl in there her name's Edie uh I I did uh I was in um upper citizen brigade with her I went through school oh, with her cool. well congratulations like, you know when you recognize somebody and I was like I just figured she was an actor I knew and I was like no that was a person I actually another knew life. I used to do improv that's yeah that's really cool and good for her I know it's so, so exciting. exciting and she's fucking hilarious so anywho yeah on that note that was like um so he's really more of a friend of a friend but you know Xavier's friend Jason VZ, who's now on Only Murders in the Building and I oh, we're friends on yeah. where we follow each other on Instagram and he's like with Meryl Streep now and I'm like oh holy shit that's funny so it. also the guy who plays the cat guy Michael Michael his name is Michael I keep wanting to say Crichton but it's I can't remember his last name, but he was best friends with one of my very good friends. And I would, when Amelia was a baby, we just meet him at the park and we'd swing That's the babies so together. And I'm amazing. like, oh, I'm, I'm just so happy for, well. for everyone yeah. I know who's been finding success in, in a world that's so hard to find success in. And it's just yeah. been really exciting. I almost like peed I mean, my pants and I was like, you're hugging Meryl Streep in one of your just like personal Instagram photos. I would melt. I would melt. You know, and actually that just reminds me like right now in LA, a lot of our friends are sort of scared and struggling and I'm not not just talking about writers right everyone oh, is affected by the writer's strike right now and I definitely have a little PTSD because I got you know I got a lot uh, what do you call it drops from my agent right no the it last affects one it affects and it affects the a whole economy of Los Angeles yeah. but certainly not just I, yeah like actors directors producers everybody will be affected by this yeah and I understand what needs to happen but I also am like we just I mean, people weren't working because of COVID like as much. I know. Like, like, let's not kill the carpenters. Let's not kill these people's livelihoods who work week by week, you know? Right. I just am like stressed out for everybody because, you know, and the, and the writers, but like, you know, the business and SAG, you know, I'm, I'm a SAG member and I get the whatever emails is like, it, it, I, we were, I just want them to do it fast. Come on, everybody go faster. Yeah, so just give them what they want. And so they end the strike. Yeah. I don't know what they want, I, actually. I've been so out of it. Well, let's see. What do the writers want? This is from Variety. Money, for starters. Writers are seeking a sea change in their compensation, starting with a significant hike in Guild weekly minimums. That's something. They also want to rewrite the formula for streaming residuals to pay writers for more, more oh, for hit shows and to pay more with sense. the growth in international subscribers. And I think that's so fair. Yeah, because think um, about it. Like in the olden days, like once you reached exist. 100 episodes or whatever it was and it went into syndication... Yeah. Like everybody involved in that show got paid anytime it yeah. it played. So like when TBS plays, you know, Friends all day long, everybody who worked you on get that a show residual. is yeah. getting a residual check. And so yeah, with streaming, how do you figure that out? Let's ask your hubs. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, hey, do you guys actually know how many like legit 
like people watched it yeah to pay them i know back? i'm sure they're gonna figure that out the guild has estimated that the total cost of its proposals is 600 million dollars they also want changes to working conditions. They want a minimum staffing level of, for TV writer rooms. I don't know what that means. They want writers to work for a guaranteed minimum number of weeks per show. They want provisions that would require that writers be involved in production and post-production of shows so that writers get producing experience. They That's interesting. Um, they want a provision that would protect writers' compensation and credits from encroachment by AI, which is huge, mm-hmm. though they are not seeking to forbid the use of AI in screenwriting. Um, I mean, I am. No. Yeah. No, what do you no mean? AI. No, don't let artificial intelligence write your movies. Because yeah, then you what? guys, is, I mean, what then what happens next? Artificial intelligence will also be the actors in the movies. They'll direct the movies and that'll just be it. And then soon every other industry will follow suit. And so, okay, so, and then this is interesting. The article also talks about what do the studios want? And I think this is before they actually went, this article came out before they actually went on strike, on strike this, this week. Um, they want a fair and reasonable agreement. There is no sign as yet that they are open to a TV staffing minimum or a streaming residual formula that would incorporate viewership data, which they view as top secret, like you just said. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel they like they are likely very more secretive. flexible about pay hikes, especially on minimums, as employers across the country are agreeing to union contracts with first year raises of 5 to 7% due to high inflation. The WGA has acknowledged that the studios have made small moves in a few areas, though not what not, not what would be needed to get a deal. Um that's interesting. I mean, they they have they can't just you can't just rob people no. um, like and not share your data, you know? Yeah, you can't be like, sorry, we won't pay you for like how many times people watch the show you wrote because yeah. we won't share with you how many times that is because that's top secret. I also just read an article um, that uh, the guy who is basically credited as coming up with the technology that's now being used for like the GP oh. chat bot, he quit google and says he regrets oh his he says he regrets his life's work and Why? that because it's going to ruin the world it's going to they're going to take oh, over no. the world and i mean i don't know if he's i didn't obviously i don't think that's what he said and i didn't read the whole article i mostly just read like the first paragraph but he literally left his job at google and said the only consolation i have is i do believe if i if it hadn't been me somebody else would have done it but it's dangerous and we need to stop. We need to stop now while it's still in its infancy. We need and, to regulate And it. really look at what we're doing here and put a lot of restrictions on the use of AI. So I was like, oh, geez. Well, I want to know what he thinks would happen. What, I mean, like what? Like people are going to send off nuclear, like the AI are going to send off nuclear I don't know. I think, or I think maybe it's, I don't know if it's that kind of thing or that he was talking about, or... but I think it does open up the risk of, of people using artificial intelligence to fake certain things where they could, yeah, like get information they shouldn't have, which could be as serious as like nuclear codes and stuff like, or, you know, right. or people's banking Did you information. hear about um, some, I, I didn't even read the article, so I don't even know what exactly I'm saying, but I'm just going to poop it out right now anyways. But anyone who has voice over hello like us hi I'm oh yeah they can we steal have, your voice we have our voices somebody could take an ai take a, s- a sample of our voices and basically be like hey mom i just need 700 dollars. can you put it in this account or whatever i read that too and i read That's an crazy. even worse article same thing a woman received a call from somebody claiming to have kidnapped her daughter who was on a vacation with friends and oh used God. um ai to make it sounded like her daughter was like crying and screaming for her help in the background. And it, she believed it until she also like had her husband on the phone 
And she thought the amount they were asking for was kind of strange or whatever. So her husband managed to get a hold of her daughter while she's on the phone being like told that she has to send this much money. They're going to kill. And she's hearing her. It is her daughter's voice, but it's not her daughter. And so I think it's that kind of thing is like the ways that people can manipulate and destroy things with this technology. It just needs to be highly regulated. But there are, I did watch, listen to a article on NPR and it was talking about how, and it, this is also a very like debated subject about, um, oh gosh, I can't remember the app, but it's essentially taking music and you can create, you can use somebody's voice and like sort of create, you can use different samples and stuff like that. It's like kind of for people like, I would say youngish people who want to make music who don't necessarily have the ability to, to play an instrument or. Oh. So it could be really good for like creativity and things like that. But it's also like, what? where's the copyright infringement here? Yeah. And that's clearly also like something that the Writers Guild of America is concerned about with uh, AI stealing the, exactly. like samples of their writing and then and them you, losing their jobs. You, you know what my instinct is when I hear all these things, all the things? I'm like, well, we just got to simplify our lives then, I guess. Yep. Like, I'm going to put a garden in the back and try and save cash. I'm I'm, I'm, ho- I'm hoarding gold now. I'm kidding. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, let's keep it simple. Let's go completely analog or whatever. I mean, for just real. Me. It's always interesting. Like, I mean, I don't know if, it'll, if we'll see it in our lifetime, but clearly, you know, when the people that invent a product won't let their own children use it or like, Anybody who right. works in tech puts a puts, you know, like a sticky note over the camera. It's they're telling they're signaling to you that it's like, hey, you have you don't actually understand the power of, of this technology. Yeah. And um, it's very scary. By the way, we're a we're a week, uh, a full week without the kids having iPads and they don't know. I just told them I lost them. Oh, nice. Way to go. Were they so upset? But I'll tell you? you what they were. They've been being they're listening. I swear to God, they're listening. They've been being such little buttholes like either when they want it want to take it away i i just am like and i've been doing so much research about like suicide and this is obviously they're little now but like it can lead to just like feeling really bad about yourself on social, like, social absolutely. media stuff. and it's I just, designed I'm not to it addic- does lead to suicide i'm just saying well it that can't like I social media can yeah. for sure but also and it makes like me scared and screen time is designed to addict you it is it's and, meant and to, advertising is designed to make you feel like shit so you buy something i mean kind of absolutely that's one that's one arm of advertising anywho oh i yeah. could talk and talk i know and talk i know about this, this is just like this is just like a coffee what was that funny snl thing where they just like the coffee talk coffee with the, talk yeah this has just been an episode of coffee talk with uh Aaron and vanya um and oh. there's yeah there's so many things we could just just go on and on about. It's the truth. But we promise to be back soon with a regular yep. rom crime episode. We got some exciting stuff coming up. We do, and we love you, rom criminals, so much. That's right. Uh, oh, I was gonna say, can I do it in French? <laughs> for, oh yeah. For we, it's like um, mm, no, I can't. Just like two notre or notre or two notre amour. I was with all our love. I think is that's how you say it. That was oh, horrific. It. it was horrific. I got really good at being like, uh, je ne comprends pas. I don't understand. <laughs> I had je several people. Pas. I felt pretty cool, actually. I had several people that clearly thought I was French and would just start talking to me about what I was eating. like, And I, I would just get this look on my face and then we'd all start laughing. And I'd just be like, oh. parlez-vous anglais? <laughs> You're like, I want to know. I want I to be really able to talk I really want to be able. Yeah. I was like, I have no idea what you said. Other than oh excusez-moi. <laughs> you know? 
Oh gosh, I love you, Avran. I love you, Vanya. I love you, Rom Criminals. We love you guys, and we will see y'all like next next Tuesday. That's right. Okay, bye. bye. Thank you for listening to Rom Crime with Avran and Vanya. Episodes arrive every other Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe to stay up to date on all things Rami and crimey. You can also follow us on Instagram at Rom Crime. Or email us movie and true crime suggestions at romcrimepodcast at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening.